it was about this time last year. I just got challenged by a couple of people. They're like, you, you, you'll share your business story anywhere. You'll share, you know, this real estate story, this fam, whatever, this jujitsu story, this fame story. Why don't, why don't you do that with your, your faith? That's the foundation of everything your life is built on and how and why you serve people. And then I started doing that. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Slow Smoke Business. I'm your host, Jared Morgan. And today we've got Matt Schaup, author, entrepreneur, uh, inspirer, noted coffee enthusiast from Spain. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So good to be here, Jared. Yeah, I'm fired up to have you here. And we're going to talk entrepreneurship. Um, I love a guy like Matt who talks a lot about entrepreneurship and inspiration and his faith and coffee. And there's like a lot of overlaps here that I can't get into. <laughs> Uh, yet because I want to get this chicken on the grill. Today, we are doing bone-in, skin-on. Let's move over to grill cam. Bone-in, skin-on chicken breasts, right? They don't look pretty yet, but we're going to smoke this bad boy. This thing is in need of a good cleaning after I have had several turkeys and everything else uh, over the last couple of months on this thing. And I'm hitting it with some maple bourbon rub which i like i don't know do you ever do you grill out much matt we do we do a little bit that's not that's not one of the things that i'm great at um i usually overcook it or undercook it when i'm on the grill the fun thing about grilling is that nobody nobody really judges you unless you start a grilling podcast like i did and then they Th then you're judged <laughs> I'm extra, so I'm hitting it with a little bit of this Dirty Bird from Cosmos. Hashtag not a sponsor, um, although they should be. And I'm going to actually, listen, you don't ever just season one side. You're going to season both sides. So I'm going to flip this over and season it. These are some big, fat chicken breasts. And so one of my favorite things to do on this show is chicken because it's super easy. Sometimes it'll get done while the show is still going on and we can eat it. Um but, you know, I can talk myself into thinking this isn't that bad for me, and I can enjoy it, and it's one of my favorite things. Now, Matt, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is inspiration. Because you go on your website and you talk about you like to inspire other entrepreneurs, and I've seen a little bit about your story and the different things that you do, and there always seems to be a pretty strong why, or we call it on this show, like you have a solid because statement. Yeah. But yeah. You know, inspiration is an, is an essential part of the entrepreneurial journey because if you don't have it, you will quickly give up because things will always eventually turn to sucking. Um, yes. How do you guide people to find their inspiration uh, when they're starting out a new project or whether they've hit a wall? Yeah, no, thanks for, for asking that question. So in, in my experience of be, being in business, being around a lot of business owners and then, and then coaching entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of times they, they come in with how or what questions, you know, how do I market? What do I do in this particular situation? And I just always like to pull it back. Really simple question is, is why are you doing this anyway? Like why, why yeah. does this all matter? Because a lot of the initial coaching conversations I get into, it's out of a frustration with business. You know, they're not growing fast enough or it's too fast. It's chaotic, you know, and they, and they want to go here to the, to the X's and the O's, but it's like, you got to remember why you're doing what you're doing how does this make your your family tree change like how does this affect your legacy big picture broad picture stuff 
And I think when you can get tied into that, right, again, because there's there's hard days for everybody and every business at, at every level and ceiling that they hit. So I think just always being constantly tied back to that, but really identifying it first. I know I know a lot of business owners that don't they don't have a strong why. And and I think it's mm. it's sad to see because you give so much of yourself in all capacities to business and you make sacrifices and it takes away from other things and, and your family sometimes and you've got to know why you're doing it. They need to know why you're doing it as well. I mean, you're going to fold at the first sign of adversity if you don't have a strong, you know, yeah. reason for doing it to plant your feet on. And that's always kind of been my point of view. I had a strong why when I started too. Um, you know, we say on the show, like the because statement, right? The word because is an indicator word. Whatever comes after the word because is what you give the power to, right? So you're saying, I have to yeah. build this business because blank, or I'm giving up because blank, right? And yes. um, I always, I do find it pretty, I think everybody kind of has a why or has a because if you needle them enough, but if they don't really have that crystal clear in their mind, um, they're not going to be able to call on that when things get difficult. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would encourage anybody that maybe is struggling with finding what, what their why is, is for me. And I think everybody that I've ever talked to and, and coached or listened to that's coached me is it comes from, you know, a part of their story where they've faced some kind of struggle, adversity, trauma, let down, mm. you know, negative experience, or even, you know, they were witnessed, they, they witnessed or were a part of such a positive transformational experience. And they saw that the power of that positivity affect somebody or something. Or, or the negativeness of that that trauma and adversity, and they decide, hey, like I want to, I want to change that for somebody, or hey, I want to continue that legacy of positivity. And and I think if you can start peeling back layers of your story and exploring that, um, every everybody's got a moment of that. You know, I do in my business, and a lot of people that have a really strong why, you find out that sentence, and then you tie it to that story, and then when you can lead with that in business, like that's what attracts people to you. Um, th then you talk about all the components of your business after that yeah it's 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 such an interesting thing people are really attracted to an authentic origin story um i know that you know when i was building my business proctor you and i would tell kind of our origin story as to why you know we i worked at a school and we needed this uh organization we needed we needed this product for our students and then we built it for ourselves but i never really told the other half of the story which was a story that really touched on my faith and me really wanting to build something that could help me, you know, flip my family tree and really help a lot of people out in the world and something I could be proud of and all these things. And like, I never told that part of the story because I was always, um, I don't know, it just felt a little like it had too much bravado and, or, or, yeah. you know, I was afraid to sort of share the faithful part of it and, and that I felt like God had put me on that path. And, uh, so, I mean, way later I started sharing that part of the story and I was shocked at how, like engaged people immediately were right they were like oh my gosh tell me more like you feel that way too and it was just unbelievable yeah. and i was mad at myself that i didn't share that story more as the story was unfolding because i think i probably could have reached people a lot easier if they'd understood the reasons why i got up every day and kept fighting yeah and i think you you mentioned something important and i and i have a similar maybe a similar path of uh you know faith's been a huge part of my life ever since i was 20 years old but i wouldn't share that in the business setting i really compartmentalized you know hey 
faith is faith. That's over yeah. here. We're not going to talk about that in business. And um, I was really challenged. It was it was about this time last year. I just got challenged by a couple of people. They're like, you you you'll share your business story anywhere. You'll share you know this real estate story, this fam whatever, this jujitsu story, this fame story. Why don't why don't you do that with your your faith? That's the foundation of everything your life is built on and how and why you serve people. And then I started doing that. And it's and it's uncomfortable for a minute. And you will, you'll get some people, you know, if you're a follower of, of Jesus or whatever you're following, right? And faith's part of your life, you'll get people that maybe don't want to talk to you anymore and you'll kind of see them pull back. Um, but but it's changed and attracted so much more to my life and business just in this past year, like more than I ever could have imagined. I think there's a hunger out there from people to want to hear that. I think it motivates. I think there's a lot of faithful people in the world. I think there's a lot of people that follow Jesus. I think there's a lot of people that believe that there's a right way of doing things. And, um, and I think there's, I don't know, there's just a hunger for people to be authentic in that way. So, I mean, I'd love to hear your story. I mean, where, where does faith intertwine with your entrepreneur? Yeah. Let's put him on the spot. Right. So what I'll do, and I'll share the story that I, that I always used to share which is the business origin story, okay. which really, it really didn't have any of the faith component because that didn't come till a little bit later. But um, I grew up in Northern New Jersey till I was 10 years old. And just imagine I'm a little skinny, buck tooth kid, lots of energy, super brilliant in math, right? Okay. So I go to school and I'm, I'm getting picked on. I'm getting bullied. I'm a super easy target. So like I live in Northern New Jersey, it's kind of a melting pot of different socioeconomic and races and backgrounds and everything. So it's just, I get in there and it was just like trying to survive is what it felt like. But you know, you'd put me down at a desk in front of some math problems. They give me 45 minutes worth of work. I'd get it done in eight minutes and then there'd be nothing else to do. So uh, me and a buddy, we'd climb up on the desks and you know, I'd be Hulk Hogan. He'd be ultimate <laughs> warrior. And we're like WWF jumping off desks, causing wow. trouble. So I was labeled a troublemaker. Nobody, nobody looked at like, Hey, you're really good at math. You're really smart. You're really brilliant. Your brain is moving faster than a lot of the speeds of other brains here. Let's channel that. They just said, sit down, shut up, go to the principal's office, get, get out of here. You know, you're a troublemaker. So I really started identifying that way. Um, and I just didn't have any, any guidance of somebody to say, Hey, like you, you might be good at business. So get labeled a troublemaker. I'm getting severely bullied. So I'm, I'm really not confident. I'm, I'm really scared to go out in the world. I don't have any foundation of faith. That was never a part of, of my upbringing. We moved to Colorado that summer. I get plugged in with, you know, the new neighborhood and kind of some new friend groups and everybody had the big boom boxes, right. With the compact disc players. And I came home and I asked my parents, Hey, take me to radio shack and buy me a $200 boom box. They said, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Um, if you want to buy something, you got to go work for it, find out a way to make your money. And I was cutting their grass at the time. And I said, well, I'm cutting your grass, getting paid. Can I go cut other people's grass? They're like, sure. So I just started knocking on doors down the street. And that was one of the first times to that point in my life where my skill set, my desire, the goal, it all came together. I went out, I worked, I asked for something. I was given that and, and it was because of the work I put in. So I fell wow. in love with that. Now I would share with you that, that that created down the road kind of an unhealthy relationship with money. There was a lot of identity and certainty and purpose and worth tied to production. And I think as men will experience that a lot. 
a, a lot of entrepreneurial yeah. men. And I think a lot of entrepreneurial faith-based, say, Jesus-following men, that's always a, a struggle, our worth, how much we're accepted, how much we're loved, what kind of value we're providing can get tied to that. Um, again, a little bit of a tangent there. So like, hey, I'm, I'm a business marketing sales guy and I find that out and I lean into that. So I'm mowing lawns, shoveling snow, <clears throat> peddling candy. But but the reality of that story is if I would have stayed back in the New Jersey environment, all the kids I was running around with, they got into drug dealing mm -hmm. and you know violent stuff. So they're dead, they're in prison, they're disappeared. So although I <clears throat> didn't know God, had nothing to do with God, he was there during that point in my life, just, just watching over me. So I get into business. I go through high school, go to college. I work with a college painting company and I'm making a bunch of money in college learning the residential paint contracting business. But I'm also running around Thursday, Friday, Saturday night with a, with a group of friends and they're going out and they're partying, you know, drugs, alcohol, lots of both and chasing women, right? Like I'm 18, 19 year old, single, single dude. Yeah. So um, that was my weekend. I would go out and I would just get crazy wasted and high, but then I'd go perform really well at school. So I'm pulling a 4.0 while I'm literally destroying my body, destroying my life. But all these people are presenting Jesus to me in different ways, right? <clears throat> We've got the Bible box preacher in the plaza and he's got the sign like you're going to hell unless That's you repent. Right, yeah. He'd literally point and he'd scream. Then I've got the guy in the dorm doing the Bible study. I'm coming, I'm coming home drunk at two in the morning. And he's, he's very judgmental. He didn't invite me into the Bible study to have some Chipotle with him. He just looked at me from in there and, you know, kind of shooed me, shooed me on my way. So I was very turned off to faith and what I would call religion and you weird Bible thumping Jesus freaks. So um, I go out, I go out one weekend, it's a New Year's Eve and I get extremely, like I'm extremely intoxicated, extremely high. Police come break up a party. It's cold Colorado you know, January 1st, two in the morning, and I start walking home and I get lost in this neighborhood and a police car pulls up as I'm trying to navigate, climb over a fence. So this guy throws me in the police car, puts me in handcuffs. And um, he goes, I got a whole bunch of you guys to drive home tonight. He goes, and I don't want to take you to the drunk tank. So if you can just tell me where you live, I'm literally the stupid college taxi for, for drunk kids, you know, tonight. Um, but he's really condescending, really judgmental. And I'm like, great, here's another guy telling me, how much trouble I'm going to get in. So I tell him where I live. He starts driving me home and I'm in the back of this car cuffed up and he's, you know, do you know what you're doing? You could get yourself killed, blah, blah, blah. But then we get to my apartment complex. He opens the door and lets me out of the car. And he, Jared, like 180 at that point in his tone, his demeanor, his conversation. And he says, Hey man, I'm really sorry that I was, you know, screaming and yelling at you back there. I just moved here to Fort Collins to work in this police department. And I came from a bigger metropolitan city and we were picking up people that were drunk and high all the time. And he goes, you really reminded me of a kid that we had picked up and he ended up dying as they were taking him to you know, the hospital and, and detox. And he goes, I had to go drive to his parents' house to inform the parents oh. that he died. So here's, here's what's crazy though. He didn't quote a Bible verse. He didn't say anything about Jesus. I don't know if he was a Christian, but he had the control power authority to like lock me up, throw away the key, take me to jail, you know, totally put me into that situation. And he just showed me some grace and forgiveness. And he said, before he sent me into the, into the house, he goes, Hey man, you're better than this. And, um, you're loved. He didn't say Jesus loved. He just said, you're loved. And at that point in my life, Jared, I had never really experienced or felt 
loved uh, by a lot of people because of a lot of things. And again, this is the bullying and this is just the environment I grew up in and and what I experienced. So I just never had that self-worth and I go home and, you know, he says, hey, happy new year. And he drives off and probably picks up 25 more drunk kids in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, But I woke up that next day and I said, hey, like I could have died. What what would the people that that do care about me? What would they have thought? And oh my gosh, like I am loved. And wait, there's this Jesus that makes this really bold claim that He is God and He loves you and He forgives you. And now all of these scales are being lifted. And I'm like, hold on, there's been people alongside the Bible box preacher telling me I'm going to burn in hell that have just been there for me, but I didn't want to see them, you know, because I was so focused on a lot of the negativity, right? It's like in business, you, you get a negative day, you focus on that negativity. What do you create more negativity? What do you see more negativity? Um, and sometimes you just need to shake yourself up a little bit and go, hold on, like over here, there's light in the darkness. There's always positivity. There's a glass is half full in whatever situation. Um, but yeah, I, I came home and I spent the next two weeks, like really soul searching, man. And I said, you know, I need to decide if this is true or not, because as much as I was pushing God and Jesus away. I was still exploring, but every conversation was about, this is why this is just bull, bull honky. This is BS. This is not true. (laughs) This is not real. And I read two books. I read case for faith and case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And, um, that, that sealed the deal for me. So yeah, it was Jan, January 14th, 2001, turned my life over to God. And, um, it's been a journey, man. Been a ride since, well, what a story. And, I mean, what a, what a, speaking of ride, thank God you got that ride in the police car, right, when you needed it, right? And I mean, I think, you know, credit to you, though, for hearing, hearing somebody speaking to you, you know, I'm sure that guy probably gave that speech to other people, maybe even that same evening, evening, and um, who knows if they uh, connected with it. And it's so cool to hear somebody like you talk about that, because, you know, there's this sense that I've talked about this on the show before that like the Christian man um, gets overly obsessed with the meek shall inherit the earth <laughs> kind of thing. And it means you got to, Oh, I got to, and it doesn't mean you can be, you know, sort of like a, a powerful person that can do a lot and do a lot of good in the world and, um, and, and do things that are great. I think it takes a little bit of understanding how, you know, um, strong people can do big things but still have a connection to God and be doing his work and the bible is filled with stories about people that are just like that people that have been given authority that have been given power that have been given you know all sorts of agency over people and kingdoms and everything else and the bible is all about like how those guys got it right and got it wrong right and the moments where they were uh, doing doing good, and then what happened to them when they sort of strayed away, and how easy it is to do that when things are really good, you know? Um, yeah, and yeah, it's a fine line too. Yeah, it's a part of the story that I think is important, and I don't. There's no real like I don't have a pithy little. So remember, kids, you know, like I don't have a thing to say that's gonna help people understand it very well. I think you know, faith comes in the seeking, right, and the and the, the yeah. desire to chase what's good and what's right and find it. And there's no easy answers, but it's, it's in the Mm -hmm. seeking it is where the goodness comes from. In my experience, you made, you made a really great comment, which just makes me think about something. And this was, you know, part of my beginning business journey is right. As, as a business leader, you're entrusted with people 
resources, clients, you're giving somebody like a product, a service, whatever you do to make their life better. And there's this this human engagement that you have with your customers and your team yeah. and your vendors. And like you have to show up and have purpose and understand your values and your worth and, and be planted and rooted in that and, and be bold about that, right? Because God calls you to be bold and speak truth. There's a real fine line, though, where it can go to either internally turning into a little bit of ego. Sometimes it's perceived as that, right, which you can't always control. But um, yeah, you know, when my business started taking off, I, I launched my painting company, and we went from nothing to multi-million dollar company in five years. And I was like, Hey, wow. <laughs> like, how good am I? Like I won <laughs> this award and I, you know, so that was where, um, you know, I kind of started crossing that line and that just reinforced, okay, this was built because of me. Look at all this worth I have, but the minute, yeah. you know, you have a down year, we had our first kick in the nuts, right? Uh, if I can say that here, um, we got we, kicked can, we can go from we can go from yeah. the Bible to nuts in, in the same episode. That's cool. I, I love that in the same yeah. sentence almost. Right. So, yeah. you know, have one of those years and it's like, whoa, like, hold on a minute. So, yeah, just the gut checks, the ego checks. And again, just being being rooted in, um, you know, putting all of your trust and your faith in God. But he also doesn't call you to sit there and be lazy like you've got to work. You've got to go yeah. out. You've got to make impact. And uh, just remember that can, it can all be taken away, you know. And yeah. he's never going to give you more than he knows you can handle. Like he'll never give you more um, by, by the way you're stewarding it, right? So you may yeah. be hitting the cap in business. It's like, well, maybe you haven't stewarded this well. Like you've done everything else and you can't get through that ceiling. Might be worth exploring. I know I've been there in business too. I'm there I'm there right now in certain capacities too. Oh, sure. Me too. I mean, I you know, after I got out of the business that um, I retired from Proctor U about almost a year ago now and, and uh, have another – couple of businesses that we've started up and yeah like i don't know why i thought oh this will be fine this time right <laughs> i know everything this time and it's not right. like it was yeah. it's just it sucks it's just as hard <laughs> as as it was before and it's humbling and it's hard but there's um i don't know i, I read something in a devotional the other day there's a guy there's an internet guy named kelly k if you look him up on tiktok awesome almost kind of like street preacher type dude but just awesome okay. he wrote a he wrote a devotional and he in one of his devotionals he talked about you know there's that bible verse that says god will be your anchor in the storm and mm-hmm. he talked about how you when you hear that your mind interprets that wants to interpret that as he's going to make the storm calm and he's going to you know he's not going to be your anchor he's going to be the helicopter that pulls you off of the boat in the middle of the rough seas and that's not mm-hmm. What it is, an anchor, if you're in a boat in the middle of a storm and you drop anchor, you're literally, that anchor is hitting the ocean floor and you're holding on for dear life, right? And yeah, it's I was gonna terrible. going to say you're grasping and it's yes, scary. It's, and it, it doesn't mean yeah. it's not going to be terrible, but he's the thing that's going to keep you anchored, right? He's the thing that's going to get you through yeah. it. He's not going to make it easy. He's not going to yeah. make the pain go away. He's not going to make you grieve a lost loved one. He's not going to make you... Um, be able to just breeze through whatever challenging situation, he's going to be the thing that helps guide you through it. And that, you know, that understanding has helped me through a lot of difficult times in my life and in my career when I realized, like, man, he yeah. never promised you an easy life, but he did promise you that he'd be right there walking through it with you, you know? 
Absolutely. And you know, you know, it's interesting, right? Cause you, it's like slow smoked business and, and we kind of circled around business, but what maybe somebody's listening to this and they're, they're not a believer at all. They're like, you know what guys, that's great. You know, you yeah. follow the Bible. There's this great verse, but like everything you're talking about um, last year in business for us, the, the example 2023 was just chaos for lots of different reasons. It was chaos that just happened. It was chaos that I created because that's what I do sometimes. And yeah. it just, a lot of things came to a head and I'm sitting here with Emily and we're just holding on, like holding on for dear life. And it's like, okay, we'll, we'll get through this. This doesn't make sense right now. This sucks right now. Yeah. Certain things just really sucked last year, but you know, what is, what is the faith rooted in? What are we, what are we buckling down on? And whatever that is for you as an entrepreneur, you, you've got to find out what, what that is. And I would argue there's not too many things that are, that are better than following Jesus, man. It's like, you can't rely on yourself. You'll break. I've seen so many entrepreneurs try to put it all on their shoulders, their back, and they have a mental nervous breakdown. Yeah. I, I felt like the times where I've been, you know, so my faith story was as it relates to my career is like, I sort of made a vow that if, if I was not sort of, I did, I, I, at a very specific time in my life, there was a moment where I was like, pretty much at rock bottom career wise yeah. and um, was broke directionless knew I was meant for more knew God had planned more for me. And I said a prayer that, you know, listen, if God, if you'll put me on a path and make me successful, I'll be one of the ones you can count on. I don't even know what that means, but I think I'll know when the time comes. And mm -hmm. that is a dangerous prayer to pray because yeah. God was like, okay. And every time in my life I feel like I've been very connected to that vow and that prayer and that motivation um, has been when things doors miraculously get kicked down for me or yeah. you know I, I mean even just uh, two months ago I had a moment where I was at our wits end with a, a problem in one of our businesses and we're, we're all we're in a meeting and we're trying to figure this out and we get a phone call from someone we had never met that lit literally called in the moment when we were sitting there praying for an answer and phone call comes in with an answer, literally person we'd never met. Hey, I'd like to sell you this. And you know, it, it, those kinds of things happen when you sort of put yourself under that authority and sort of saying like, this is, I'm just, I'm, this is my vocation and I'm going to walk down this path and then keep listening to you when you're telling me I'm supposed to do something and I'm going to go do it. Right. And that when you've been Absolutely. connected to that, yeah. it's been, it's been a different story than what if I'm trying to do it on my own and be like, look at me, baby, yeah. you know, like it's not, yeah. it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it never goes that way. And, and it's also that fine balance, right? Because it's like, you have to work up and, and put out effort and have goals and execute on things and, and do the work. But when, when you rely on that being the only thing that drives the business forward, when there's an issue, then it's you that has to fix it. So yeah, there's a, there's a supernatural overlaying, um, Holy spirit, you know, kingdom yeah. perspective that comes into business. And, uh, it's easy to just forget that sometimes, right? Cause it's not always tangible. It's not always, it's not always there. You don't see it. Um, you just have to trust that it's there. So I want to ask you something that I am not nearly as emotional and devoted to, but also very devoted and emotional in this subject. And that's coffee. Uh, yeah. So Matt is for those that have Googled his name, one of the first things that comes up about you is about coffee. And yeah. uh, it's a so your 
your story intertwines with the country of Spain. You spent some time there mm-hmm. in college, right? You, you were uh, yeah. did some abroad studying over there. Mm-hmm. And you come back with this love of Spanish coffee. Yes. And so first I want to start as, a, as an avowed coffee connoisseur myself. <laughs> I don't know that I could tell you what Spanish coffee is. So tell me what would what is what constitutes yes. Spanish coffee? Well, and I and I tell you what, uh, I as I as I've just put the term out there, I've caught in flack and hate <laughs> and stuff from coffee. There's no such thing as Spanish coffee. I said there's what, it not got it's olives just, in it or it's, you know, it's like just it's just what I what I call it. So to, yeah. to me, what Spanish coffee is, it's just the way they drink coffee in Spain. So it's it's literally oh, okay. a double double shot of espresso. And they do just a little bit of steamed whole milk, right? So in Spain, mm. it's called café con leche, which literally means coffee with coffee milk. With milk, yeah. So think of uh, it's in between a cortado and a latte, right? Maybe two, okay. three ounces of espresso, four or five ounces of milk. And I just fell in love with how they make coffee over there. So as I would travel back and forth to the country, because I studied there in college, fell in love, uh, went there with my wife right after we got married. And then it's just, it's been a part of our life. I take my kids there. I now do leadership retreats there. But every time I go over, I I go to the same breakfast spot. I've got a really great friend who owns a little cafe. I have my my Spanish coffee. So I asked him, this is six, seven years ago. I said, Hey, what brand of coffee is that? It's really good. And he told me, so I'd go pick it up. I'd bring it back in a suitcase. Then I'd run out of room in the suitcase. So I'd ship big cartons of it back here. Um, a, so I could drink it, but then I'd start sharing it with friends, family. We'd set it up at the office. We'd go give it as a closing gift. COVID totally shuts down that supply chain. And, you know, I'm sitting here and this is after somebody yelled at me. There's like, they don't, they don't make coffee beans in Spain. I said, they don't, this coffee is from Kenya, right? Cause Kenya has right. some of the best coffee in the world. And I happen to know a Kenyan gentleman who happened to know a family that had a little farm there. So he's like, Matt, I bring bags of beans over every year. So shipping it in a suitcase to, you know, customs thinking it's drugs and cutting it all open, <laughs> never getting here. We, we started directly importing Kenyan beans, um, roasting it here locally. So it literally wow. comes from a farm and we created Cafe Sevilla. So in the downstairs front of our building, we have a little coffee bar. It's free. So when somebody comes in, we make them a coffee. Um, we don't ever charge for coffee, but they uh, can leave donations. One day a guy was here and he goes, well, I want to pay for this. And I said, well, I don't know. He pulls out $5. I'm like, throw it over there in that little jar. And it was a it was a mug that I drank beer out of in Spain when I lived over there. It's a super cool decorative mug. And um, a light bulb went off. I'm like, hey, we can we can share coffee with people, love on people, you know, have a place that they can come and they can hang out. And if they want to donate, great. We give all that money to Colorado State University. We've set up a study abroad scholarship. Oh, so wow. we actually, we've sent to date 20, we might've just sent our 21st student. I think I just got word. Yeah, wow. our 21st student over to Spain. And we set up a foundation. It's an endowment. So it's a permanent thing. And um, just, again, it was all this culmination of story and experience. And you throw a hundred bucks in the pot, it kicks off like $5 forever. Doesn't seem like much, but- I, I remember having a coffee with somebody over in Spain who's now a lifetime, longtime friend. And he was just a massive part of this big leadership retreat that we did. We took a bunch of guys over in September to hike the Camino. And we did a, a faith-based male leadership hike, unplugged, disconnect experience. And, um, you know, the guy that served our closing dinner in a really cool way, I met him 20 years ago at his cafe over a cup of wow. coffee. Yeah. Wow. What parts of Spain were you in? 
So I lived in a, a city called Alcalá de Henares. It's right outside of Madrid. It's about 40 minutes east. It's the hometown of uh, the author, Miguel de Cervantes. So he wrote okay. Don Quixote. So the whole, the whole town is, you know, themed around him, his statues wow. in the center of the plaza. But um, I really fell in love with uh, southern Spain. So that whole Andalusia region, but specifically Sevilla. Um, I've got a big, big tattoo of the bell tower. Look at that. Of, of Sevilla. Yeah. There's a reason to be watching on YouTube or Facebook, right? That's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So Sevilla is just, it's a magical place. Like the city just like captured my heart. I've got some really great friends there. I just wow. love, love being there. You know, everybody's got that place on the planet where they just go and it just, it just connects with a, with yeah. a part of them, you know? For me, it's, uh, it's Ireland. That's always been yeah, like, if I've, okay. I've always said, like, if somebody, if I, if I come up missing, just go check there, right? That's where you'll be, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that place for me. And I get, and I, it's, I think, you know, you didn't really plan on talking about this, but like, there's something to be said for travel, especially when you're young. Yes. And plugging yeah. into, I didn't do a lot of that when I was a young kid. And then as I got a little older, I got, I was super blessed that, you know, business took me to Europe and took me to Canada and took mm -hmm. me to all sorts of places that like as a little Southern boy, like I'd never been. And, yeah. um, there's something really clarifying about being in somebody else's culture and mm -hmm. seeing the things that are different. And then, and then seeing how much is actually really the same. Like people are just trying to get through life and they're eating yeah. and they've got their families and they're trying to just get by and do things and they want safety and love. And, yeah. It just it makes you understand your own world a lot better when you go and drop yourself into other cultures. And it also gives you a lot of, um, I don't know, faith in other people when they take care of you. And it gives you some sort of grace that you extend when you have somebody. I mean, gosh knows, there's there's so many immigrants in the United States now that may, may or may yeah. not speak English very well. And, mm -hmm. yeah, go drop yourself in another country and not be able to speak the language super well and then see how – you feel about people in the United States that, that don't speak English well. And you might go, ah, I might help that guy. It, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, every, I, I did everything you said, like you literally land in this environment. And again, like from United States to Spain, uh, there's a lot that's similar, you know, it wasn't like going from United States to like China or Japan. It was so the language is different. You know, they drive on the same side of the street. But, but it was just super interesting to go, you, you guys, you guys do what here? So I just remember when I initially went over, my thought was, you know, you guys do things differently. You don't do it the right way. And they're like, right. no, 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 no. They're like, we do it our way. You do it your way. Give it a try. Um, but it was just so great. Like people opening up just their, their homes and their lives and just whatever they would extend to you. You know, sometimes you couldn't verbally communicate, but just an extension of a hand, a hug. Yeah. They do the two kisses over there when they say hello. So that was that was interesting to get used to. <laughs> it takes a little getting used to, right? That happened to me a couple times, and I was like, uh, "Do I need to call my wife?" You know, like I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It's it's just a whole different, uh, yep. a whole different thing. But it 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 allows you to understand that it's okay for things to be different. Like nothing nothing yeah. irritates me more. And everybody knows I love I love my. I love my Southerners, right? I mean, clearly, like, right. check the show out. But nothing <laughs> aggravates me more than, uh, you know, listen here, boy, that's not how we do that around here. You know, you know, like, yep. get out of here yep. with that crap. Like, just because yep. you only know one way of doing something or only like one way of doing something doesn't make that the correct way. And that kind of yeah. closed-mindedness not only shuns people away from you that could have been great friends or put some value in your life it also like robs you of the opportunity to understand other things like you know how excited yeah. 
I get when I go to other countries and discover like the like Canada. Okay, Canada has potato chips that are flavored with ketchup. What are we really? doing in the United States that we haven't made this happen? Like ketchup flavored potato chips are awesome. And think about it: French fries and ketchup. It's it's right there. Right. Yeah, it's right, like right under your nose. Why didn't, yeah. why didn't we? Yeah, and it's about huge it? in yeah. Canada. And and I went up yeah. there and I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever had. And you can't get them around here. And you know, yeah. Who else knows what? Who other? Who knows what other countries have got great little snacks that we we're not doing here, right? Yeah, and it's it's really uh, interesting because like get you know bringing my children over there, having them just have that that worldly perspective. I I go back to the two kisses, right? So I'm. I'm in Spain a couple of years ago with my daughter. It's many years ago. She's like six or seven and she's not saying anything the whole time, but we're going to meet friends and family and you know, you give two kisses, right? So the guys don't do it with the guys, but, but a male will do it with, with, with a female, right? They'll, they'll just give two kisses. So anyway, I'm greeting people saying hi. And she just, she kind of gives a look. <laughs> we get to the end of the day, back to the hotel and we call check in with the family, right? My wife and son are at home and she's like, mom, dad kissed seven girls today. <laughs> That weren't, that weren't you. And I'm like, what? Emily goes, what? Yeah. Yeah. He said, hello. And he kissed him twice. He's like, that was 14, 14 kisses. I'm 14. Like, right. Yeah. 14, <laughs> two, two times seven. But yeah, it was just, you know, she's looking at that like, Hey, this is totally random. And then we had, had the conversation and then, uh, you know, she, had, as she got older, she got the chance to start, start doing that as she's meeting people. And it was, uh, it was super cool. So just, just the perspective like that, you know? Yeah, it's cool. I want to check our, uh, our chicken over Let's here. Check it I'm out. Thinking- See my dog like laid out asleep under the grill. I guess she's thinking maybe I'll drop something. Oh, okay. Look at that. Now, a couple times on the show, I've done the um, where you actually sauce them up and let that sauce kind of you know coagulate. I guess is the word on there. Get a little, get a little you know gooey and whatnot. I wanted to go just straight rub because. One of my favorite things to do on the show, I don't know if you can see this on the side camera there, white barbecue sauce. Alabama white barbecue sauce is going on this chicken. And for me, a nice dry rubbed chicken with the skin on is what to do. So we got a little bit longer to go. We're at 135. We'll keep letting those bad boys cook. So what kind of um, what kind of projects are you into now? Matt, I mean, you, you've got you've got a background in real estate. You said you've done the painting yeah. thing. What are I mean, how many of these things you still got running? You said you have a building now. Are you some kind of like yeah. unknown business mogul? I haven't heard all the, everything about yet, or what? <laughs> no, you know, it's uh, we, we've we've simplified some things. So so our painting and roofing company, you know, we founded that in two thousand five. So that's that's been growing and running, and, and we're we're getting ready to launch that and really build more into the roofing. So you know, I'm involved in kind of the strategic, visionary, big picture stuff. But we've got a we've got a great, amazing team that's that's built around that and then you know my my passion for real estate turned into getting licensed and i've got a small book of business and clients that i've helped over the years that that i that i work with and i've got a team member that helps me there so really what i've been good at is launching things getting things going putting a team in place to to help keep them going um brazilian jiu-jitsu we didn't get a chance to really talk at all about that but that's been a huge part of my my life for 17 years wow and um, that actually turned into we have a business right downstairs so part of our building you've got the coffee bar we have a a jiu-jitsu judo self-defense academy in the back and then all the office and conference room up top so um you know what i'm really focusing on right now is just again sharing sharing my story and the 
in the male business leadership space. Uh, we've got these adventures where we're doing to Spain. We're doing a father-son hike on the Camino, uh, planning one wow. for 2024, 2025 for faith-based fathers and their sons and just continuing to write and speak. And we've got a podcast going on here too. So it, it, it's really tied everything together. Everything that I'm doing with the, the Matt Schaup brand feeds and fuels the other, the other businesses here that we have. That's so cool. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, if people want to find you or connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, best way is uh, mattshaup.com. S-H-O-U-P, Shaup. Yep. Right? Shaup. Don't say shoop. All right? Don't say you shoop. You got to sing it. You got to sing it. You got to sing it. You got to sing wanna, it. You want to hit a line before before we go? We I, Listen, I've been – anybody threatens me with some salt and pepper. Is that salt and pepper? That's salt and pepper. That was, right? yeah. Salt and pepper. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It? I – I, somebody sang a line, the line of that song. My kids go, what is that? And so we pull up the the video, right? The old music video on YouTube. And I'm like a minute into it. I'm like, I shouldn't be showing this to my, to my kids. That was a, a wild, Isn't that weird wild how you song. don't remember, yeah. you don't remember how some of that stuff was it like, I'll do that all the time. I'll be like, Oh man, mm-hmm. this, this, you ever heard this jam? I'll play it for my kids. And I'm like 10 seconds. And I'm like, Hey, yeah. I, I'll, I'll get the gist of it. You know? Like, Did that with a movie the other night. I'm like, they said that in that movie. Yeah, I thought that, like, I didn't realize that. So, it's yeah, crazy. What are you gonna different do? era well, we grew up in? <laughs> we did, and it also looks like it's from another planet now with the the bright colors and the, the kids are looking at yeah. it like. What I don't think fashion has changed as much in the last twenty years as it used to change every ten years when we were growing up. You you look at somebody from 1983 and 1993, they look like they're from different countries. But you look mm-hmm. at from somebody from, say, 2013 and 2023. Isn't mm-hmm. that different? I don't know. That's a hot take, but I want you guys okay. to think about Interesting. that. Yeah. Right. Well, I enjoyed the show so much, Matt. Thank you for being here. Uh, MattShout.com. Check him out. And, guys, if you found something valuable in this show, I would just sincerely ask you to send it to somebody else. Give us a like, a follow, a five-star, a thumbs-up, whatever is going on on the platform you're checking this out on. Please do. And uh, we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business. Slow Smoke Business.